I don't, I don't. I think this is the first time we've ever spoken. So, um, hmm. What's it's weird? We're hearing ourselves like talk as opposed to just hearing one of us talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you live in Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Upstate New York. Yeah, Rochester, right? Yeah, I was just down in Jersey uh, last week. Oh damn! What were you down here for? A debate tournament in Newark. No shit. Yep. Very cool. What were, you, what were you debating? Uh, this year's energy topic is... I'm not, I'm not energy topic, debate topic. <laughs> Last year it was energy. <laughs> this year it is health insurance. Oh, man. So, yeah, most people are defending some form of single payer or, like, universal catastrophic coverage. But that's... Yeah. I, I don't know if we want to go into debate talk right now because I will not stop. <laughs> it is, like, two, the two things that define me is, like, debate... And all the weird things that go into debate and anime. So now I want to give more to anime. But uh, you can ask questions. I'm going to be in Jersey for another tournament up in Monmouth later this uh, semester. So uh, sweet. But that's, that's right near me. Ah, neat, neat. Um. So are you just like from that area? Like originally from uh, Delaware, I moved up here when I was uh, ten years old. Ah. So I, I considered myself more Jersey than where I came from. <laughs> ah. Lit, lit. All right, because you because you knew it growing up. Mm. Yeah, I was born in California, then moved to Oklahoma, and then probably spent 17 years of my life in Oklahoma. So I okay. definitely identify with Oklahoma more than California. But uh, yeah. And now Rochester was that just for school? Oh, that's just for work. I just um, coach the debate team up here. So. Oh, okay. Damn, coaching debate team. So that's got to come in handy while reviewing anime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I mean, like, the schedule's definitely in the way of reviewing anime, but I'm I'm learning to take control of time. Okay. Not only that, but, like, argument, counter-argument. I don't know too much in depth about debate, but, uh, you know, con- the construction of arguments I can definitely respect. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes I see good ones. <laughs> In the years that I do it, sometimes I see good ones. But, uh, so, um, yeah, I guess kind of maybe getting on more to the show. Um, I believe you run a couple podcasts or are on a couple podcasts frequently. I care to introduce that to give yourself the shameless plug. Sure, shameless plugs start now. Uh, I am a co-host on Old Taku no Radio over at AnnaGamers.com. Uh, my co-host uh, Say versus Jared on Twitter. He, uh, we uh, sort of pick apart uh, anime. We just sort of deep dive uh, analytically into each title or into one title per month, mm. and sometimes have like offshoot episodes, which we call B sides, and we just have fun uh, thinking about or reflecting on seasonal anime as a whole. Uh, and then I also am the official bad sports anime correspondent on the Taiku podcast. Oh, yeah? Yeah, okay. that's that's a lot of fun. They just had me on to talk shit about some some horribly executed sports anime, and then I get to pose one title I want to talk about a month. <laughs> so I bring some class to that podcast every once in a while. Nice! Nice! <laughs> nice. That is, that is done by Impassionate K on Twitter. And, uh, uh, Go Go Koofy and Chris, who I forget the Twitter handle of right now, but I love you, Chris. Mm. 
Nice. Get some more sh- podcast recognition on this show because I, Lord knows, I don't do any of that. <laughs> I just, yeah, I like, I like it. I just haven't gotten around to it lately. But I like your show a lot, um, Old Taku. That the Rakugo stuff was really appealing to me. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, we're we're yeah. big geeks on it over there. Yeah, like I remember being fairly obsessed with that show when it came out. So, uh, so good, Just right? So good. It's like intergenerational transference of storytelling. I'm like, oh my god, Jesus, this is good. I, I did not right. know a single person who loved words who did not love that show. Mm-hmm. Who loved words? Hmm. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. The uh, working with words and you oh. know dramatists and stuff like that. Oh. Word, words, yeah, nice. nice. All right, so welcome to the Daily Anime Podcast. We're glad to have you on here, Ink. Oh, um, thanks for having me. And you actually gave me this request, and I decided to check it out. Um, I guess to awkwardly talk to the audience, we're talking about Dusk Maiden of Amnesia. Um, I don't know the Japanese title, but um, it's very long and unpronounceable. Oh, okay. Maybe at some point at the end of it, I'm going to try pronouncing it. <laughs> but let's see if three years of Japanese will pay off. But maybe, um, maybe not. Not right now, because um, I don't have the Wikipedia page up, and that's not fair. To dive right into the show, um, did you like it? Not initially, but after I think it was like five episodes. I really came to love it, and then by the by the set first ha- ending of the first half of the last episode, mm-hmm. I thought it was an absolutely indispensable ghost story. Oh wow! Okay, so what weren't you liking at first? I mean, like, I'll, I'll go into my opinions and all that, but just like, well, first the the first episode, which I actually really respected because it does a dual perspective sort of thing. Um, where it concentrates on one character's focus and then uh, the rest of the character's focus. Because mm-hmm. uh, you don't see the ghost at first. So the first half of the episode is just this uh, unobservant person of the, the... I forget the name of the club. I haven't watched it. A little piece, I apologize. Yeah. What, what's the name of the club? I think it was just like Paranormal Investigation Club. Yeah, so it's it's one of the people in the Paranormal Investigation Club, and they're just sitting there, like, looking over notes while the ghost is shifting things all around and having sort of toying with this person's mm-hmm. obliviousness. And uh, the second half of that episode is you see the girl, you know, mess- see the ghost messing around with this girl, and in the same, exact same sequence of events, it's just, you know, pasted in there. And I love that execution. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, what I didn't like was that in that same first episode was the, the, the TNA focus, the light comedy sort of thing of it all. And I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be a ghost story, like a good, scary ghost story. Mm-hmm. And I was really put off for the first three episodes. But because of the execution behind that first episode, I was like, there may be something worth sticking with here. And mm. I'm so glad I did. Mm. Um, I don't think I was quite as turned off. I was... And, like, when I first saw it, I just thought immediately is like, TNA high school ghost show. So, like, maybe a little bit more TNA, but that's whatever. Um, but, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that first episode. I was like, there's a way to make this funnier 
but I'm not going to impose my being on this show. I'm just going to appreciate what it is. But um, I don't oh, know, man. How would you have made it funny? Oh, I would have just like had her voice walking around and him looking at her. So just like to like, like it's just like kind of cheap animation move. You don't have to animate her. You just have to have the say you talking, and then just like her like talking to the homie, just being like, "What's up?" And then he just like in like red public talking to her you know mm. like there was mm. elements of that but i thought it would have been like a nice little walking shot of them moving around like investigating and then like like he's clearly talking to her but they're sitting down and it's okay but i think that if that was just like in a really if that was not as close up and it wasn't cutting back and forth but it was just like one fluid thing it would have been really funny just to see him like look around change pace and just be out in in both the spirit world and the um, human world, so but um, yeah, I'm surprised that you named this like as an indispensable like canonical title, but um, I well, guess it's just such a such a yeah. good ghost story, mm-hmm. like and and I think it's a really good ghost story because it's really not about the supernatural; it's more about human emotions and the divestment uh, of of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful identity story because it's like, um, I guess we're kind of spoilers, but we've already talked about like what it is um, enough. But um, yeah, it's like her detachment of self, her desire to be pure is her own like, um, like running away from her own humanity. But running towards her humanity, running towards the, you know, the boundaries of the living is ironically what made her, like, a, like a race into existence. And that, I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah. It's like and both I, good and bad, right? Mm. We'll and I love the way that's actually paralleled in the construction of the school as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the, the whole anime, if uh, people are listening and have not seen this, and you sh- definitely should, it's a great ghost story. Uh, is Yuko is this uh, spirit who is more or less trapped mm-hmm. in the school. Uh, she died some 40 years ago, I think. She was like, like 60, 40, like a while ago. A while ago. Enough for a uniform to change. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, So she's trapped in the school and no one can see her and she finally meets someone who can because he has some level of uh, spiritual sensing ability. Uh, and she begins to grow close to this kid, and obviously because it's the first person who she's actually been able to have contact with after a number of years, and as she grows closer to him, all the darker or all the darker sides of emotions start to creep up within her, mm-hmm. and her specific trait as a ghost or as a as a spirit is to sort of cast off the ugly emotions. Mm-hmm. But with those, all the memories attached to them. So every time she gets closer to someone, she has to get rid of those emotions because the internal jealousies, the anger, all build up to a point that it's uh, not livable, mm-hmm. if you'll pardon the pun. <laughs> and she, she'll make them fade away. But the, the great part about the series is what happens to those emotions when she casts them off. Yeah. Yeah, they become like an entirely separate entity. They, but um, yeah, it's a really beautiful coming to accept yourself type narrative within this love story, within this ghost story. <laughs> but, uh, 
Um, did it, did any specific episode like really grab you like during the turning point? Oh, um, let me think. I didn't really like just kind of. I just kind of watched it in one go. So hmm. none of the episodes really like stood out to me as like super super strong. I felt like it's fairly well executed in terms of being a ghost story, but just visually, I don't really find it too interesting. I feel strongly, just narrative-wise, that it's a really well-contained ghost story, but um, I think maybe I'm just kind of tired of the high school setting. Like, low-key. Like, it's interesting, but I don't know. I haven't tried to... There's like a weird um, confusion of time for me in a lot of ways with how the setting is. Um, Because, like, you mentioned that it's like, oh, it's like really great in terms of here's this old, decrepit part of the school that, for some reason, the kids can get into. Um, And then, like, here's the modern school, and so it's like you have, like, all these weird things juxtaposed um, so that to really create a nice, defined line between life and death. But all these people just constantly interrupt those boundaries, and, like, I really like that element, but... Yeah, and if you accept that as, like, a metaphor for life in itself mm-hmm. and life in the afterlife, you know, coexisting, it's kind of perfect. Actually, it reminded me of the Winchester House, mm-hmm. which has, like, all these uh, corridors that lead to nowhere. Yeah. And, you know, because of all this construction, the, the, the school from the old times wasn't abandoned. It was built upon. And so, you know, not everything went smoothly. They're, they're the same sort of things, corridors that go nowhere, classrooms that are go unused, and uh, walls that are just by themselves and you know, stuff like that. Uh, but the visually, what I really loved was around, I think it is episode five or so, was mm-hmm. where they have that evil spirit, that, mm-hmm. that fake voodoo summoning sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that episode, you start to see elements of dark Yuko, which is the, the cast-off yeah. emotions. And they, they sort of appear as imagination at first, as scratchy black faces that are just laughing with these bright green and red colors behind them and, you know, really malicious white grinning smiles. Mm-hmm. And it was just so beautiful as a contrast to what the series was uh, yeah. painted as originally. And I was like, oh, oh, here we go. Ah, okay. <laughs> Here's the horror. Here's the uh, horror I wanted. All right, word, word. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, now that, you, now that you mention it, I really do just like, um, the, the constant changes to Dark Yuko's design. Mm. Like, um, because, like, at first we kind of see her, like, at one point we see her, like, functionally going to, like, sexually assault our protagonist. Mm. Um, and then, like, we see her face, um, fo- mostly well-developed, but all cracked up. Um, and then, like, at other points we see that face as, I guess, Yuko falls deeper in love and keeps feeding Dark Yuko, um, like, the face becomes more well-rounded. Um, it looks more like Yuko, just with, like, the dark aura and the black. I like that. But, mm. um... I don't know, it's like some Schrodinger's cat thing, but more like Schrodinger's ghost. You see what you willed to see. But, mm. um... I thought that was, like, mm, I really did like that element. I hadn't actually thought about that. The, the ghost taking the shape more and more as she puts more and more of her hidden emotions into it. I like that. Yeah. It's sort of like the ghost becomes almost its own personality. So her darkness becomes that. It just reminds me of something that I've been reading recently. Um, but, you know, um, it's like 
Freud, Freud's um, Eros and Thanatos, life mm. and death, or sort of like here's like the like the pleasure principle, which is Eros, and then there's the death drive, which is Thanatos, um, worshiping things that are like impulsive and destructive, and ultimately it's really just trying to return to its original state, which is death, because all of us are constructed of like life and death, and Eros is what kind of holds us together. Um, and keeps us uh, within this form. So, but there's like that constant battle, right? Um, because mm. each and every one of us contain both like dead matter, like decomposing and matter also being created. So it's like we embody life and death. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I like this show a lot because I think that it probably did explore at least this element of ghost and ghostliness and, this play with duality um, to at least like some interesting points, but like even within her, I guess feud with the shadow self and the I don't know like human ghost looking self. Yeah, I guess light you go, dark you go. I thought that was interesting. So and yeah, that that really does play well to the Freud's theories, but that it also uh, brings into uh, goes into the concept of Jung's theory of the shadow, mm-hmm. uh, shadow self, and uh, throughout this uh, the anime, and it's it's really blatant, but they they throw out uh, psychological terms mm-hmm. uh, sporadically throughout the series, and they're very all they're all very applicable, mm-hmm. uh, and it uh, it just goes to show you how much these are actually important within the series and how you really have to use them to look at the characters. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Especially with this play with duality. Um, mm. And, I, yeah. I think maybe my hesitancy and maybe the reason why um, I don't love it, love it, is because that last episode betrayed me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I was I was so with that last episode and up until the halfway point yeah i was like it, no this needs to end with like he grows up forgets occasionally remembers and has fond memories or something like that this can't be this <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you want to spoil the ending of oh. this cast or not but uh yeah we can i don't know i mean, we will just say it like i don't know for the next however many minutes we'll just spoil <laughs> the shit out of this so, okay. so the last episode is literally uh, Yuko fading away from I forget his name. Um, uh, Nia Teichi, yeah, Teichi, Teichi. Yeah. So you know she's literally fading away because she's been made whole and given rest, um, and so she's you know going off to heaven or hell or wherever she's going, and. Taichi is just alone reading these notes that they've been passing back and forth in this journal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of a sudden her entries stop. And it's the most heartbreaking thing. Mm-hmm. And then she reincarnates for whatever reason. Yeah, I guess for the fans. Yeah, totally for <laughs> so, the fans. So we're less sad, but no. It's like, I'm trying to think, it's like, is there a reason would they want to go for a sequel? I think it was just for the happy ending. Probably it's it's it was just a horrible happy ending because I'm I'm not one to I'm not a I'm not a Sean and Floyd um, like I'm not I'm not someone who demands Sean and Floyd but yeah um, 
I, this was just, you know, where it was going, it was just going to be that separation of life and death. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they just made it come around because she formed an attachment to him. And I guess that's why she came back. But really, this should have been just a sad ending, and it would have been great. Yeah. I mean, low-key, the ghost expert in me is just saying, hold up, wouldn't this just make her an actual evil spirit later on? (laughs) (laughs) You caused me to be left behind and not experience the joys of heaven. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because it's just like, yo, is like most of these ghost stories are just sort of like, no, you need to be able to let go of your earthly attachments. And it's like, you need to move on, because then that, this is the opposite of moving on. It's like, this is the opposite of psychologically healthy show. <laughs> but, um, I guess maybe that's just the nature of ghosts, you know? Because ghosts are just, like, there, but they're not really there. So... Which, then you could ask the question, yeah. well, what was the protagonist really falling in love with? And, you know, you could ask, it was just, you know, uh, projecting a portion of himself onto this apparition and falling in love with what he is not. Yeah. I mean, I think the show wants a more generous view. Um, we were kind of having this Twitter exchange, right? I just want to mention that to the audience. And um, you recommended this to me because it takes, um, like, you know, takes the side of the ghost. Like a Del Toro movie, just sort of being like, you know, the ghost is a, a being that we need to respect. And so I feel like Hmm. Um, I feel like the path that we're going on is like what everyone else is seeing, right? It's what the one girl who was jealous, the jealous um, descendant, um, and like maybe just another outsider would see. It's like, oh, this is not real. But I think that um, given the nature of the show, it wants us to just say, it's like, no, let's just respect the ghost and its wish and just be happy for them, which I don't know. The schadenfreude, I think, should have happened. <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, when you mentioned that, like, yeah, it makes her real because she is sad. And everything else is set up like a harem. Mm-hmm. Like, you have you have this one guy who mysteriously has all the girls who are attracted to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for different reasons. But still, like, all these beautiful girls are, you know, wanting this dude. And... The humor is, you know, slapstick and TNA. And mm-hmm. the only thing that really feels real, that feels identifiable, is Yuko's torment. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I actually kind of think that some of their reasons were fairly believable. Because it's like, he is handsome by their world standards. And he seems nice. I feel like girls would probably, and like, I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah. I think Yuko's probably the most real. In this instance, I could buy the handsomest thing if it wasn't anime, because in anime, everyone's beautiful. Well, yeah, mostly. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking of like that first girl who was just kind of into him. I was like, he just helped her out for whatever random ghost shit she had, and it's like, you know what? I was just thinking some random girl in high school probably would be actually just some random girl would probably be attracted to that. Here's this like <laughs> handsome man who's co- probably top. Probably fairly good at school, who just like helps her out and shows interest. I'd be like, hmm, teenagers, hmm, crush. So, so maybe this is weird because I ne- normally never buy that anybody would be into the protagonist. Mm-hmm. And I guess homie's still kind of bland in a lot of ways. 
But for some reason, I can buy that all these girls would be into him. I don't know. That's... I'm never able to say that about a harem. <laughs> That's Which true. Is, They're usually milk toast beyond redemption. But, uh, or maybe I've just drunk too much of the Kool-Aid, and I'm just feeling the show too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just became a fan. Sorry, guys. My um, objectivity is ruined. But, uh, <laughs> ah. Yes and no. But, um, yeah. Um, any colors stick out to you? Uh, the color during, purple. The color purple stuck out to me a lot. That would be the the classic clash between red and blue used in uh, Japanese uh, media for uh, conflict. Uh, so red and blue make purple via the primaries. Mm. But uh, they're they're red and blue always stick out because of that fact. But they use red a lot yeah. for the signaling of dark Yuko or the uh, the the rise of antagonistic feelings. Mm. And there's this one scene where all the windows are bursting out in the hallway towards the uh, the investigation room, and yeah. it's beautiful looking, absolutely yeah. beautiful looking. Because all the, all that blackness is just gorgeous with the the way the lines are drawn, the cut being the highlighted by the the redness of those windows, and then the glass shattering. It's just, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah. How about you? Mm. I mean, purple just stood out to me because that was um, because it you know constantly shifts, well, not shifts. Like the show is mostly dark colors, right? Um, and mm-hmm. so purple kind of exists within the twilight. And so a lot of her eyes were highlighted with purple, um, Yuko's eyes, and so that just stood out to mm-hmm. me. Um, but yeah, that's that weird. I don't I not pick up on. I don't really remember too many warm colors in this show. <laughs> now that I think about it, it's like there were plenty of warm colors at some points, but I guess it did. Maybe I'm mostly just remembering dark Yuko. Well, that that the initial the OP and the uh, the grave. Uh, Yuko's false grave up on the hill. Um, those are always bathed in autumn colors, so very warmly. So death is looked upon warmly uh, throughout the series. But the unrest of life is giving, given all this red and blue, all this contrast, all this you know, yeah. discrepancy. Yeah. I gotta say, this talk just kind of made me think of just like, um, this is kind of like a nice allegory for um like the spirit of a nation and i feel pretentious thinking this but hear me out um so we describe the structure of this show as the structure of the show through the structure of the school building over the old and having conflict with the old mm. um because like the new just like abandons the old the old is kind of left in this weird ruinous maze um, and it's like the school is even that school is literally built over a Shinto uh, shrine. And so just generally, um, when I see things like that um, in anime and other yokai anime, I think, oh, this is like a weird allegory for like the nation. Right. Because um, here's this um, modernity, which is like um, left all of these ruins to the base uh, through the wayside and like this hidden spirit that's causing trouble for modernity and like it causes trouble for a lot of the schools because but like the 
um, people living in, you know, nice, uh, in the world of the living, you know, may not get it, but it's like ever present, but not really there. But, um, I don't know. I, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Especially to the fact that, you know, only like certain people can see her. And one of those people mm-hmm. has a link back to the, 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 you know, one is a descendant from the yeah. people to that past. Mm-hmm. Um, so like only people who do their studies are really cognizant of that ghost or that, that history. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like the way I like that. Thank yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, this is the interesting thought. I liked it. But, uh, Hmm. Um, so why do you think most people do not carry on with this show? Oh, I, I, I... Oh, hmm? go on. Because I, I do not see anyone talking about it, which is why when you were uh, talking about doing a podcast on it, I was just like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've never heard of it. I Yeah, I think that when it was, it was like 2012, um, hmm. that was... I feel like that was like right before streaming got really big, or maybe around the time I can't remember. Um, but like, yeah, I, I just didn't notice it. So until you mentioned it, and it's uh, it's one of the few Sentai uh, releases that actually come with a good bonus, which was the original soundtrack. And the soundtrack for this is gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's all simple piano and um, I think string, but um, and I forget the name of the singer who does the op and the ed, but uh, it's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous, and it's two discs long, and it's included with the DVD. It's mm. so beautiful, and it, it's haunting. It's sweet. It's mellow. It's nothing overpowering. It's supporting, and my God, some of those songs you just randomly encounter them on a like an mp3 shuffle um really just stop you mm. maybe want to keep it out of my workout playlist <laughs> yeah definitely yes yeah. yeah. um anything else you want to discuss about this show mm. can't think of anything okay all right um I guess we can kind of transition over to final thoughts. I don't really have anything else to say about the show. It's like, it caught me by surprise. Um, I didn't, I guess maybe kind of like what you were saying, just on the cover, it's like, I didn't really think that I would like it as much as I do, but um, I think it's smarter than I thought it was, and I think people should check it out, especially since it's Halloween time. Oh, this is definitely t- the time to check it out. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll just leave uh, leave off with uh, saying it's deceptive, um, and that's what draws you in. It's set up like this TNA slapstick comedy, mm-hmm. and it actually evolves with it evolves human emotion through a non-human protagonist mm-hmm. uh, surrounded by a bunch of humans, uh, and it's really worth a watch. Just commit to it and watch it through to half past the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you could you could be kick, yeah. Yeah, my final thought is just the the absolute ending um is very disappointing, but on a holistic view, I like what this show is. I like what it does with the ghost genre. Um and I like 
generally when people respect ghosts. So um, this is a show that does that, even if it is a Moe show, and even if she is like um, Yuko is like waifu of the season, um, it's a it's a decent one. Well, thanks for having me on, Matt. Yeah. Ah, thanks for suggesting the show, and thanks for coming on the show. I'll probably get this episode out at some point. Yeah.